The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and thank you for joining us on this Monday edition of our live stream devotional and we are so glad you're with us today. And starting off the week, a very special week for us here uh, in, in America because we think of the Christmas week and all that comes with it. And so we hope you uh, are encouraged to hope you look forward to the events. I understand uh, with the current culture and all the things some of you probably may have had take some precautions and some invitations this year, but we still hope you find levels of encouragement together and time together with family and just a great reminder of all that God's done for us. And so we hope you get to enjoy that uh, this coming week. A couple thoughts, just remember this Wednesday, there is no midweek service as we've moved the midweek service to Thursday. Really, we already have, we always have a Christmas Eve service anyway. So our, since it's right up against Wednesday night, instead of having two services in a row, we're just gonna have Thursday night Christmas Eve service to be our midweek service. Now that is different. We do start at six o'clock because we wanna get plenty of time after the service for people to spend time with family and travel if they need to. So uh, this Thursday, at six o'clock. I hope you join us. Invite some friends. Uh, we will encourage social distancing and all the things that come with it. But I hope you, this is a very casual, enjoyable service. We hope you come and really enjoy the time as we come together as one big family uh, and sit down and thank Jesus and worship Jesus for all that he's done for us in this time. So I hope you join us this Thursday on property or online this Thursday at six o'clock. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2 this morning, so we're going to jump right into this in Matthew chapter 2 as we evaluate some great truths from the Word of God in the aspect, again, of the Christmas story. And so I want to encourage you to join us and turn there if you want to follow along in Matthew chapter 2. Um, we're going to be reading starting in verse number 3. Uh, we know in verse two, 1 and 2 that the uh, wise men had just entered and kind of proclaiming, looking for the king of the Jews who'd been born. And we knew that that brought a level of fear to this horrible, wretched, evil king named Herod. So in verse 3, we're going to pick up. It says, when Herod heard the king, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people uh, together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not, are not thou least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule my people Israel. And Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, to inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also." Verse 9 says, when they heard, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till they came over and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. 
Let's just take a couple minutes as we look back at verse number three. I kind of thought if I were to put a title to this, I would entitle it The Cry of the King. Because what we're going to evaluate over the next couple of minutes really looks down to the extreme nature of what his reaction was. We mentioned a few episodes ago that one of the things that was so wise and so amazing about watching Joseph was that Joseph did not react. The Bible calls him a just man. And we see that in his lack of reaction and his time to stop and react spot. And we mentioned that reacting is something we do immediately out of the emotion of the moment. We're responding is something we stop, we consider, we get all the information, we spend time with God and seek wisdom. And as he was sleeping on this, God literally sent an angel in the dream and said, listen, this is what's happening. Here, that's what we see of a righteous man that wants to please God. Here's what we see in a very carnal man where immediately, due to his jealous nature, he immediately reacts. Now, please remember, Herod was jealous because he really wasn't a rightful king. I mean, Rome had placed him there. Uh, and so he, and he wasn't even a real king, reality. Rome was kind of over him. And so there is a lot of frustration in that, pre, in that point of view. And now he hears that a rightful king has been born that's going to take over. And man, it just kind of threw him out, out of sorts. And then it just all goes downhill from there. So in verse 3, when Herod the king heard these things, catch this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I, I want to take a second on that phrase all Jerusalem with him. The reason I look at that, obviously the first thing you see is that Jerusalem was fully aware of the, the wickedness and the potential reactions of Herod, of what he could do, of how horrible it could be. Yet we know not that much, you know, not that much later he ends up killing babies. So we understand this is a very immoral or evil king seen by his actions, which imagine this. If we know that just from reading the stories, can you imagine how much more it must have been true of the people who lived under him? You know, we think about the government, and there's different points of view, and, and in governments across our globe right now that are oppressing, I think of places like China where it's technically illegal to be a Christian. You would think in 21st century um, that that wouldn't happen, and you see even in our country now where uh, people are taking advantage, governments are taking advantage of this health crisis to kind of get, go at churches. You say, Pastor, I don't think this would happen. Well, I do. I didn't at first, but I do now that too many places are taking advantage of going after churches. And uh, we see this, and it's, so it's, it's not abnormal to think how to just stand for right that we have, and, and obviously a responsibility to worship Jesus. All of that put together, what, you know, we're just getting small glimpses of that right now. Can you imagine what it's like to live under that? Now, one advantage we have in our country is that many of these men and women have limited power. Unfortunately, the current scenario has given the executive branch in every state a lot of power, which is where we're seeing our issue. Our forefathers were smart in creating the balance of checks and balances of power. But there's still been very little in comparison to extreme struggles. And now I say that to people who've lost their jobs. There's an awful lot and lost their businesses. There's a lot of that. But imagine how, imagine thinking about from what we've, little we've seen in our country today, what it must be like to have lived under somebody who could kill you without thinking about it. He, he was able to slaughter babies, the most innocent of all. And no one blinked about that. And we kind of live in a similar day like that. You can slaughter unborn babies and no one thinks about that. The immorality of the day of Jesus is seen today. It really is seen today. 
And we look at this and we see, that's why Jerusalem was troubled with him. <laughs> What's going to happen? This can't be good. Verse 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he calls in these wise men who were learned in the scriptures, of the Old Testament scriptures, and said, listen, these people are coming claiming this prophecy to be true. Where, according to your scriptures, should he be found? And these men quoted... In verse 5 and 6, they quoted what was Micah chapter 5, verse 2. We know the end of Micah was a bit of prophecy. It was the last word from God before this 400-year gap of silence. And so they go back and they read this saying, listen, here, right here where you are in Bethlehem, this is where he's supposed to have been born. I imagine how maybe frightful it must have been. What's going to happen if we give this man misinformation? Um, then verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. Why would he do that? Well, he doesn't know how old this baby is, and so let's find out how this went down. And ultimately became the standard for what the reason was he ended up killing the babies. Uh, how, when did this appear? Let me get some information together. All these different things, planning to eliminate his competition. He didn't see him as a religious rival. He saw him very much as a political rival, and he was going to eliminate that. Please remember, rightful kings in those days could have been enthroned as a young child, and then someone would have ruled as regent around them. So anybody with a rightful claim to the throne could have, in a human mindset, could have removed him. And so there's this constant fear that would have lived in that scenario. And this man was reacting very poorly because of this. Now, I want to interesting take a second and look at these men. They, um, verse 9, when they, the wise men, when they'd heard the king, they departed, and the star which they saw, and frankly, I'm going to read this specifically. Sorry to jump right to the middle of the verse, but I mentioned, uh, I believe it was Friday, a comment of some questions. You know, did the, uh, did the star leave the space and come down over the over the um, house and, you know, you know, what was so unique? It was obviously a large enough star to catch the astrologer's um, the, the, uh, um, attention from, from over on the eastern side. And now, uh, did it move? And, and so Sharon bring her text to me, ah, going to this verse, I think they did. Well, let's look what it says. Verse 9, when they, sh when they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, when they were in the east, went before them. Catch this. It went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The star moved right over the house. And so it was obvious where it was. And you imagine what that must have been like. And so they saw it and they were excited. God wanted to make it clear this was the location. You know, I look at this and uh, it's exciting to me to see he, even in the stars and all those realms. God's constantly working. Reminder, God's completely in control of all of this. Now, I go with that perspective as I kind of come to our concluding point. When I think about this, that these men came looking and they bumped into a horrible king. I don't think it took long for them to realize what this king was like. Probably one meeting with him was all they needed. And I think the wise men were catching this man doesn't want to come worship Jesus is my guess, my opinion. Uh, then they're warned of, G of God to go a different direction. Not a surprise by that either. But when you look at all of this and you see, here, here's really what I will look at it. It's not, it's another part where proves where the truth of scripture and the account of Jesus and all what the Christians, the really, you know, about to be called Christians. Honestly, they had not been called Christians yet till Antioch. But these people who were following God in the day they lived, 
under the persecution, oppression, whatever you want to call it, uh, it was not abnormal to today. In fact, it was a whole lot worse than what we experience today, at least in our country. Those of, those of you across the globe, many, many outside of America really, truly suffer. Uh, honestly, outside of some inconvenience in America, it's still, uh, at, least, at least in this part, in the eastern part of and, and in Pennsylvania, it's easy. There's some places in our country that are beginning to notice some, but um, it's easy. And yet that brings a level of, you know, of, of how do I put it? It becomes too easy to be a Christian. I can't think of the word right now. So easy to be a Christian that the serious nature of it kind of wells off. And maybe God is allowing these things to happen to drive us to a more serious, all-in nature, shall we call it, in our walk with God. But in this, we remind it, God is in control down to moving the heavens to make sure these men knew what was going on. And we'll talk next time about the aspect of God's moving to allow both of these, the wise men and Joseph and Mary and all these people to know his plan to protect them and to guide as, as the government was moving to eliminate Jesus in all of these times. You know, I know, I'm not convinced right now that there's massive persecution, but it's interesting. Let's say in 10 years there is. Uh, God is still in control. God is still moving and we can still stand strong and should still stand strong in our, in our devotion to Jesus and our willingness to stand up and worship no matter what reason they give us not to. I mean, that'd be exactly what we do. I'll tell you what, I hope you're encouraged by the fact that God is still in control and even amongst crazy people, God knows what he's doing and he's got a plan. In crazy times, God's still got a plan. Let me encourage you as you come into this week. Uh, this is Monday, and you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas, and all the things are going on. Let me encourage you to get your eyes off of the news and off of the election and off of the, you know, all the things they're talking about with the virus and all these crazy things going on. Where we just get our eyes off of that. Get our eyes on Jesus this week and just focus on each other. Find joy in a time where the world is struggling to find it. And may we find joy in Jesus and peace in Jesus. And I encourage you to participate in our service this, this Thursday. Be with us online or be with us in person as we look forward to a great time to thank Jesus for all he's done for us. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on this Monday edition of Source of Truth. And uh, we hope you have a great day and a great week. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Just a reminder, we will not be doing these on Thursday and Friday, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, as I will be spending time with my family, taking those days off. And so we'll be back, I believe it's next Tuesday. And Pastor Trevor is going to take a few days while I'll be on vacation. And he's going to take several days and he's going to have the devotional. And then I'll be back after the, after the Christmas season and we'll jump back into a new study. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless.